Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. All right, weasels, I got a quick note for you here before we get going on the episode, and that is that uh, we're on YouTube now. So if you're listening to this in our podcast feed, go subscribe on YouTube. You can just search Bad Christian, BC Pod, BC TV, whatever you want to do. Go subscribe there. We're making high-quality videos, and we want you to see them. Also, I've got we've got a new podcast. It's something I've been working on with StrongerMarriages.com. Craig Gross is involved. It's called Anatomy of Marriage, and it's a highly produced uh, documentary-style podcast, and it's about uh, marriage and real stories of marriage and why marriage succeeds and fails, basically, told from a narrative point of view with some clinical experts and academics interviewed. And I'm honestly very, very proud of it. We put hundreds of hours into it, really, I would say. And the host of this podcast is Melanie Studley, and Seth Studley is our former drummer. He's been on here, talked about their marriage and domestic violence issues, things like that before. And uh, they've done a tremendous job. So all I can ask you to do is help us out. Go subscribe to that podcast, Episode Zero. It's a little trailer, a preview episode. It's up now. Go to anatomyofmarriage.com or go in your iTunes and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Please go subscribe to it, listen to it, see if you like it, tell somebody and leave a rating on it, and it'll get up in the charts and some people will discover it here before uh, Episode One officially comes out. But yeah, go check it out. See if you think it's going to be a good podcast. Again, really proud of it, and I think you will like it and it's a personal favor to me if you will go spread the word and subscribe to it automatically i don't think that's too much to ask now is it we've got aaron gillespie on the show today we're going to do the format a little bit different we're going to jump right in talk about his divorce under oath and a bunch of stuff uh right away so here we go joey spenson's drinking water three two one beatbox uh, uh, joey uh, that's not just water <laughs> Yo, that's liquor, boy. We in the house. Bad Christian getting drunk as shit up in this <laughs> Nice energy tonight. I can yeah, tell this is going to be a good one. We got a bunch of stuff to Woo. talk about, a ton of it. And uh, we're going to do things in a little bit different order than usual, too. We have our guest, Aaron Gillespie. We're going to get right to the interview in a second because he's got under oath rehearsal tonight. So Aaron will be with you in just a second. Toby and Joey, you guys doing good? Yeah, man. Under oath. I'm doing great. Rehearsal. That sounds hey, cool. Yeah. Now, I am I am five days rash free. Good for you. Oh, now, Toby, I that sounds the, good, the, uh, man. The, uh, what, what do we have, Joey? A few weeks ago when you were, um, <laughs> you missed the podcast, because what was that? Anniversary and hallucinations and kidney stones. Well, it occurred to me earlier, <laughs> well, pretty late last night that I might should have called in to cancel today's podcast because today's my anniversary. Aww. I know you went and took your wife out, but I'm in the chair tonight. So 
that's heart, man. That's heart for, for your career. <laughs> I, that's the sacrifice that I bring. I, I made a reservation for Friday, so I hope I'm not in trouble for this, but I'm, I'm the dedicated one here. So I'm, I put this audience first. So thank you everybody for joining us. Um, we got any other announcements before we get right into our conversation time? Hey, I'll, I'll do a plug. Go ahead. Uh, the, the unstoppable badass second episode came out and, uh, people are loving it. I'm loving it. It's very fun. And, pushing boundaries so check it out right joey's book pre-order still live at oh yeah mentalistpastor.com that thing is going really good just as a pre-order so very happy oh, it's about gone, that it's gone platinum yeah yeah in the church world plat was platinum uh 10, yeah. 10 it's, it's like it's like it's like canadian <laughs> platinum music <laughs> As long if as you go 70, platinum in Canada, if seventy percent of your family buys it in the church world, that's platinum. <laughs> Very good. All right. So we got Gillespie. Can you hear us, buddy? Hey, hey, hey. All right. Hello. So you don't sound like you're in a good mood. I'm in a great mood. <laughs> Is it really possible to be in a good mood ever again after you get divorced? God forbid. That's horrible. <laughs> Matt, we can't even we can't even say our old friend Aaron, how's it going? I mean, we can't I mean, <laughs> nope. damn, man. I just why? thought we got better to go right in with the hard stuff, you know, like just, why beat around the bush? Straight to the dick. Just <laughs> <laughs> no, you, 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 you know what? Um to to just yeah, to just squash it. I, I did not cheat on my wife. Um I I am not on heroin. Um I am not a Satanist. Um, no, I just, we grew apart, you know, and, and, and the hard truth is there was mistakes on both ends of like me traveling and being so wrapped up in my career um, or vice versa. You know, there's, there's so many things that go into the jobs that, you know, Toby and Matt, you can speak into that. There's so much stuff that goes into the jobs that we have. Um, and in a marriage, it's got to be completely upheld on both ends. And then we just dropped the ball a lot. You know, um, no one cheated on anyone. There was no insanity. Um, we just grew apart and it became toxic. You know, we have a four-year-old little boy and, um, I just didn't want to screw my kids up for, for sake of being in a marriage so I could look like a cool Christian. Yeah. Well, I thought the interest, I mean, first of all, I'm interested in a lot of stuff you've already said, but here's how I found out. We we went to the Under Oath show a while back when you guys were in Seattle, and Bridget and oh, I came, I, and we were hanging out outside. I, I just think the way you've handled it has been really interesting, basically. Um, so here's how I trace the timeline of it. But Bridget and I were at the bus hanging out with you guys outside before the Seattle show, and I got, you know, rounded up talking to Tim, and I didn't talk to you much before, and Bridget did or whatever, and then we were on the way home, and she's like, yeah, that's crazy about Gillespie. I was like, what about him? She's like, he's, he's divorced. He got divorced. I was like, what? And then, you know, you were just talking about nonchalantly. It just probably hadn't happened that long previous to that. And uh, I didn't even, even hear you say it, but you were just talking about her and openly, which I thought was really, really cool. So has that been the way it is? Just been really easy for you? Did you make that decision early on? Like, I'm just going to talk about because people are so guarded about that. That's what I mean for about, for about six months, it was awful. Just you know, I put out two faith-based records and then kind of decided I didn't really want to be involved in Christian music anymore, like 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 professionally. Uh-huh. Um, not that there's anything wrong with it, but for me, I just, it's a road that I just don't want to go down. You know, like the business side of it to me is so scary. Um, and if you're not perfect, you're no good. And I know there's a thousand, there's a thousand roads you can go down that conversation. But I just decided I was going to come out and say, you know what, like, is divorce normal? Um, no, it's not normal. It's becoming the new normal, but it's one of those things that I have to look at and go, what's best for me as a human 
and what's best for my child as a human and what's best for Jamie as a human. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the conclusion that we came to. So I made a decision really early on that I wasn't going to look at my life and go, okay, now I'm screwed. Like I'm divorced. So basically now I have a disease and no one can talk to me again and I've lost everything and my life mm-hmm. is over. Cause that's not the case. You know, like we made a decision to, to, to be there for our son, to be friends and to do things the right way. So there was never, there was a rough period of, yes, of course, but there was never a moment where I was like, you know, the world was crumbling. It was awful, but it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yep. Aaron, how, how long of a period of time in your marriage did you feel like, man, this sucks. I don't want to do this anymore, but you did keep going. Like how long was that period of time? Oh, a couple of years. Um, the the last couple of years, we just grew apart, which sounds so insane. And I think a lot of Christian marriage counselors, especially would tell you like, you need to just fight for it, which are all true things. But I, you know, we went to three different counselors. Um, we kind of ran the gamut on the shit that you can do to fix it, Mm -hmm. you know? So let me ask that. I, I like, I know, you know, Matt and Toby way better than you know me, but I think, you know, all three of us, the last thing we're doing is ganging up on you about divorce. Uh, so, so if it comes across that way, that's not what I mean, but like, what, what do you mean by that? Like growing apart, just because when, when I hear you say that, I think to myself, I've definitely grown apart from my wife in seasons. So there's gotta be somewhat of a difference though, because what you're talking about, it's gotta be different than what I'm talking about. Do you know, you know, the season you're talking about, like, you know, I was married for almost 10 years. So the season feels a certain way, you know, when you're like, well, things aren't as hot and heavy as they used to be, or things we, we if we feel estranged or pulled apart from each other, that was like a, the last couple of years that was constant, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and, and I'm not saying that's any one person's fault. Um, I think a lot of it attributes to the fact that I was gone a ton and maybe I grew up in my own way apart from her. So it almost felt when I got home, it was like we had to relearn each other. You know, and I think that enough of that finally took its toll on her and then she reacted and then I reacted to her reaction. And then there was kind of no coming out of that. Yeah. You know, there was no there was no way for us to to get back to zero and feel like it had been the way that it should have been, which is for a lot of conservative Christians, a hard pill to swallow because people are like, Mm -hmm. fuck it. I'll stay married for 25 years. I'm miserable, but I'm going to do it because that's what God wants me to do. And I don't necessarily think that's the right answer for everyone. Do I think, do I disagree with that? I I don't know. But I, I, for me, that wasn't what was going to be the way to live life. Yeah. I'm with Joey on this and that I don't, I'm, I'm, just kind of interested in dissecting and answer asking questions, especially when people I know really well. And I know Jamie really well and spent a lot a lot of time. Yeah. Jamie was on a whole tour with us on a bus. So you and Jamie, yeah. the whole tour on that. And then we made the almost record together. And we she was there it's for our course and she was there yeah. for six weeks living in the same house. So I know you guys and yeah. I know your marriage actually pretty well. Um and so I, I think these questions are just kind of interesting for on a personal level, not an accusatory level sure. or anything like that. Yeah. But um all, also we have to uphold some reputation We've always been kind of hard on divorce on this podcast. So just, we just always are. <laughs> well, yeah. But I was, I was going to say that too. Like, like people get on about Derek Webb, where I think a difference here is as well, you have been pretty honest right from the beginning. Mm-hmm. That is the thing like divorce in itself. Like you, you're right. I, I, I like the way you put that. It's not normal, but it is kind of the new norm. And it's something we're experiencing. And I think for so long, it's been like such a taboo topic. Don't talk about it. Don't say anything. Uh-oh, it's tainted your whole faith now. You Like everything is, it, it, everything rides on it. Well, he wasn't anything like we thought or whatever. And that's the thing that I don't like is when it's like, hey, 
I'm going to show you my whole life. Oh, wait a minute. Something went wrong. I'm not going to talk about this. Don't respect my privacy and stuff like that. So I appreciate that you're honest saying, hey, man, I screwed up. She screwed up. We grew apart. We did this. Yep. We, we uh, That is that I can handle anything. I, I'm not a person that wants to totally just bash on people uh, and just hurt them because they did something wrong. My point would be the honesty there is just I just like that. Mm-hmm. Everybody screws up. I mean, just divorce is is. Uh, sucky just like other things that that happen for sure but anyway go ahead matt with what well, you were saying. i was just gonna say that in, in again in choosing to handle it up front and talk about it, it it disarms so much of it and it's going to be a much faster healing process i imagine for you but i am curious if you if you have experienced people not cool with it judgmental is it part of the fallout from you know like what's that what's that end of it for you oh god not to mention the satanist heroin i don't know if that stuff was jokes or have you really gotten those uh accusations or worries uh, i've got i've gotten a few of those yes um it, most of it is just really conservative christians dropping me messages on, on messages on instagram and facebook uh-huh. saying where's your family why did you abandon your family um and, and craziest stuff you know when i when i when you guys called in today, I was FaceTiming my son. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I, I, we're still a family, which is another thing that's interesting for people is the fact of the matter is we are not married. We're not romantically involved, but we are a family, you know? And I think that that's something that people don't understand either. Because to me, like, going through something that's as tumultuous and strange as this is, is you have to look at your children and say, you know, how do I make a person of great character through something as shitty as divorce, you know what I mean? I've heard that a lot lately, not to interrupt you, but I've heard that, and you've said oh. it before, but a lot lately I've heard people saying, I've never thought about this way. I'm trying to reevaluate it with a clear head that sometimes it's better for the kid to be divorced than live in whatever way that's going to be. And that, to me, I, I would like to really resist that and say, well, no, the best thing for a kid is the mom and the dad to be together. But right. maybe... There's people that are like well-adjusted divorced people, you know, well-adjusted families. I can speak first person into that. My parents didn't sleep in the same bed for a decade, and they stayed together for the kids and for the church, and it was a hell. It was hell. You know, I have a great mother and a great father, but they despised each other. And to the point now that my dad is in his 70s and my mom is 63 or 64, and they don't talk at all. Mm-hmm. I have a, I have a 19, 20, 20-year-old brother now in rehab, um, and I was old enough— that when it happened, I was able to kind of, I had my identity, you know, when they got divorced, I was 17 or 18, mm-hmm. but for 10 years prior, they literally didn't sleep in the same bed, didn't really converse much and went to church together every Sunday, got dressed up, did the whole thing, did the whole thing, did the whole, you know, the whole rigmarole, talked to the people in the foyer, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And they ended up being beyond miserable. I've never seen anything like it in my entire life. And to the point where my brother was so young and malleable at the time that he is in rehab for meth today. Wow. I mean, that, that brings up such an interesting point, though, because like in, when you think about divorce and we would never incur Well, some people would be crazy enough to, but we would for the most part, n- nobody would encourage a female to stay with her husband who's beating her mercilessly every like like. So the 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 worst of the evils would be get a divorce, get out of there. It's It's better for you to be safe physically. Well, isn't the same thing in play? Like, let's just say for a second that it is true that your kid is being screwed up big time by you and Jamie staying together, what's the worst of the evils? You know, staying together for the sake Mm. of him, but he gets screwed over and he's uh, messed up. I mean, so all I'm saying is I'm anti-divorce, but someone could say, well, you were very unloving to your son. 
to keep him in that position. And you'd be like, yeah, I know. But I mean, me and Jamie tried to make a better environment. We just couldn't, you know, so that's, that's interesting. Bad parents make bad kids and bad kids make bad citizens, you know? And so for, for me, it was just really important that we grew apart. We fell out of love. It sucks. Um, is there things in me that pain me still? Of course there is, you know what I mean? But at the, at the end of the day, like I wanted Joel, my son's name is Joel. I wanted Joel to have the best life possible. And I wanted to look at my life and go, you know what? Like I'm proud of where I am and thankful of where I am. I'm not just fighting in the trenches for 25 years. And I don't know that it would have been that way mm-hmm. in hindsight. So I see both sides. Like I see the people that are like, I'm hundred percent anti-divorce hell or high water. You just live in shit for 10 years. It'll get better. Right. Maybe that's, maybe that's the case, but I don't buy that. Yeah. So that's kind of where, where I'm at. And, and, and the way that I've been open about it and honest about it, it's really been a, 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 what I feel should be, could be a quicker healing process than normal. And also, you know, it wasn't like I went out and hired eight hookers and did blow, you know what I mean? So yeah. I, 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 it's, it's not, it's not that. And I think most people that are probably watching this think that's what, what has, what, what has happened. Yeah. You can always assume people assume the worst there. I think the thing too, is I, I just want this to be an example for people realizing that it's okay to say I screwed up and just admit to it and not, especially in the Christian world, just hide the thing so that you like, what, what would be the point of hiding it? Like what you did get divorced. So what's the point in like, uh, don't, don't, let's don't talk about it. Let's avoid it. Cause you're right. I don't, I think that only keeps the pain owning you rather than you owning it and saying, okay, well, look, this is where, where it is and, and all that stuff for sure. And, and the truth is once again, nobody is pro divorce, I guess lawyers, but nobody starts going, you know, Hey, <laughs> there's always an out, you know, I got an out. I mean, you didn't, you didn't think that when you married Jamie, you thought, okay, I'll be this way. And I've been thinking more and more about who we are and how we change. Like the, the person that, Aaron, you were when you were 18 is not the same guy anymore. It really isn't. I mean, you, you aren't. aren't that same. I mean, sometimes uh, a memory or a nostalgia or something will bring you back or, or you'll have that same anger. There's parts that spring up, but you're not the same person. And you're right. Like, I mean, it, it is very hard to be in the public eye or to be in a band or be a pastor or be uh, have some level of fame or whatever it might be. And, and I think it's hard sometimes, especially when you start so young, you don't even realize. I, I, that's why I, I do, even though a lot of times I'm hard on pastors, give give some pastors a break that start really young. You know, like like a Stephen Furtick, he did start when he's super young and he's just trying to figure this stuff out. Maybe he will. And maybe all this stuff. But anyway, I, I do think it's interesting. Let's let's don't stay on this. Let's yeah, get enough the, joking around. Can we get serious? Can we? Yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but but honestly, hey. But on on a side note, though, divorce doesn't sound that bad. Yeah. You got me kind of thinking. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, I mean, maybe maybe we're really harming Georgia. Right? You know I mean, it, we fight I, a pretty I good bit. <laughs> I, you you only got one kid. I got three. I'm screwing. I got. I might. I, I mean, you know Bridget, right? <laughs> Leslie, what do you think? I mean. Uh, I mean, I, I, I've seen Bridget a little feisty a few times. Matt. <laughs> you know, all right. But you have, you have been undergoing change. Like Toby said, I'm glad you brought that up. I've seen you change a lot as a person and now you're, and, um, and, but what, but at least you're still into cussing online, which is great. Cause last time you're on the podcast, you, you had, you said fuck yeah. or something and then lost some festivals, but you just said that, <laughs> and you've been divorced now. And you said you're not doing the Christian music <laughs> industry thing. I'm just wondering how those things are related. Like you are t- doing a good job separating yourself from the Christian. Yeah. Industry, I mean, but, but I'm saying job I like well that. Done. I like 
job better. well done. I think you're better better off now in some ways I, like that, of course. So I, I'm not saying if the situation weren't right or for certain people, I wouldn't go and do something in a Christian capacity, like Christian music capacity. But I just found that world to be something I don't want to be part of. Yeah. I did two, two worship records. I, I stand by them. I have those beliefs. I just don't believe in the Christian music industry, if that yeah. makes any sense. No, yeah. <laughs> <That's all. laughs> that makes total sense. That's just very profound. <laughs> uh, you have to be you have to be careful because now next someone's gonna say Aaron said fuck the church on Right. On, right. You know what right. I mean? Like and that's not what I'm saying. Like what I'm saying is just in a professional level and as an industry, I do not enjoy it and and do not yep. stand behind it. So I would like to withdraw myself from it. And I have. Now you're you're saying you, you, it's not a lack of enjoyment in creating the music, it's being in that industry, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like, like I just said, the two records that I did before this one were yep. both worship records, and I stand by the things that I wrote down, and I stand by the things that they said, and I believe that people are created to worship our creator in whatever way they do it, whether that's painting or writing or singing songs or uh, going to Burning Man and lighting a big Zippo on fire. I don't know what, what, you know, whatever it is. But to me, I just, the industry, I'm just not interested in. Well, what, uh, let me ask all three of y'all this. What, what does that entail? So Aaron is stepping out of the Christian industry. Does that just mean you're going to say no to the Christian record labels? Or, I mean, cause, cause you could just write your worship albums and go into go independent and say, screw you. Christian labels. I'm not even talking about labels. I'm talking about just like, there's this thing that goes along with being, and this doesn't really pertain to like Emory or Under Oath or bands who have a Christian vein. I, I, to me, it pertains to like when you're playing in churches and playing Christian festivals. Yeah. And I don't want to be involved in anything where people are so close-minded that you can't say the word shit on a podcast and keep the show. Yeah. That right. to me is the is, is, and this, that's the antithesis of ignorance to me. Like, I don't understand that. Like, like God died for the human race, you know, Jesus Christ, God in man form died for the human race. Do you think he cares about these tiny social snippets? I, I really, I don't believe that personally. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's, that's to me what, what has kind of sucked me out of that world because I, you have to be perfect. In order to make it a Christian radio, in order to have a big single, your life has to look, feel, act, behave perfect. And there's a reason. You know, there's a there's there's a mother with four kids whose marriage is failing, and she's driving her car, and she finds hope in a song, and then she wants to be connected to the artist. And that artist needs to be straight-laced for her to have a face of perfection to put with the words that were written down that make her feel better about her shit life. You know what I mean? And to me, like— I just don't want to be that person because I'm. That's so interesting. I've never thought about it that way. That's exactly why. I'm too honest as a human to sit here at you guys and act a certain way. Number one, because you're my friends. But number two, I believe that people find the most hope, the most actual hope in something that is genuine and something that is um, not invented. And I believe that the majority of that, of that industry, not everyone, I'm not saying everyone, is is invented. Yep. It's placed there to be a certain thing. I've sat at tables and songwriting meetings with Christian labels before and had them tell me that this song has to feel a certain way to a certain age group. And it's a mid thirties soccer mom whose husband is messing around on them. That's what they told me. She's got five <laughs> kids and a ton of shit wow. to do and her life is falling apart. You need to write a song for her. And that's when I started to think years ago, like, I don't want any part of this. Yeah, This is not 
this isn't holy. This is, this is business. Yeah. Like, so for me, that's the reason why it's not like I hate pastors or I hate the church or I'm completely insane. I'm a little insane, but you know, you know, that that's, that's the crux of it for me. It's so crazy that the Christian world, which is, you know, it, it, it Christianity should be uh, kind of like the punk of the religion world or whatever. And, 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 and it somehow it became corporatized and it's, suppresses beliefs. And the biggest thing, and this has been going through my mind, we talked about this the last few podcasts. I just can't stand that the Christian world would not respect our minds and our actual desire to seek after God. Like it would be so scared. And and, and you're right. Like that, like we, the, the, take the Christian music industry, for example, they just don't respect that single mom enough to let her go, wait a minute, let me hear some real lyrics and maybe this guy isn't perfect and see what it is like the, the songs that you respect most in the world were written by flawed people. It just was, it, they just were, I mean, and it, you got to see some of that and you, and you have learned about that and it, and, and you can grow as a human without being spoon fed this bull crap. And it's just, uh, I, I was just talking to Matt before I, I, I've been, I've been going to some different churches and it's just been really depressing me. And I, I started I'm writing this book about masculinity and in the church and, what, how it's pushing away, pushing away men and all this stuff. But I just, I'm making this correlation to how music changed. And it's so crazy to look at Christian music from like the 1950s and then the 60s, 70s, all the way to now to where the music is just, it's just about you and how bad your pain is. And maybe you can make it. And you're, it's just, it really is just some kind of emotional placebo thing to get you through to the next song this kind of nothing as well totally and nothing ever really there's no meaning behind it and so nothing what, the, happens. The, 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 yeah and those guys that want that, that label that wanted you to write those songs they told the same thing to us to matt and matt, our band matt and toby and it's nothing all it's supposed to be is a hit for a few weeks until they can get to that next hit that's empty and it's, it's the it's the case for music in general a lot of yeah. music is just empty and soulless but especially in the christian world i can't believe that we the creator of all things all we can do is talk about us Christian music should be insane. Oh. If, we believe, if we believe that God is God and we believe that he invented people and the blood in our veins, and I mean, you guys have kids, you've seen it happen, life. You, you fall in love with someone and you invent life. If, if those things are made by God and we believe that, then the music that we should make to his glory should be, it should be full of soul and full of art and full of, most importantly, yep. is, 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 is genuine yeah, I gen- come from a genuine place. Yeah, you know, and I, I and I don't feel like a lot of Christian music does that. Again, I'll not say all, but right. that's why I'm just I'm di- completely disinterested. Yeah, of course it's not all, but I mean I think you have the convergence of multiple factors there. Now, first of all, if you take anything that's that's cool or pure or even art, and then you add business to it, it's going to mess it up some. Agree? That would be anything. Any if right. it was anything, you're going to add business to it. It's going to Make some co- there be compromises that are sure to follow regardless, and business messes up a ton of stuff in itself. Now, when you take art and then turn it into a prepackaged thing that's not a raw thing coming from a person, but intent of the art to be, uh, like you said, like for a certain person to consume in a certain way for a certain outcome, that's not good for art either. And then when you mix in spiritual uh, Christianity and and that thing. You know, Christianity and religion have been the most manipulative, power-wielding um, forces that the world has ever seen. Yeah. So if you're going to mix all three of those things up together and put business into it, it's just, 
you know, it's, yeah. it's not going to go well. It just isn't if you're going right. to look at it that way. And it's probably a one-way ticket. It's, it's not – I don't believe it's necessarily recoverable. It may have just taken this long for all those factors to converge like this. I don't know if it could really be, you know, separated to where it can even exist as a thing other than individuals will continue to create good stuff and say it's for oh, God right. or whatever individually. Yeah, I mean, course, there's, people, there's people out there making amazing things, and that's – I just – the business as a whole, um, I just don't want any part of it. You know, and, I mean, and there's all these reasons. There's a million reasons. You got, I mean, it's so clear to me that the only way this is going to change is for more people to do what Aaron is doing. And that's someone who could, you know, go the same route as Jeremy Kim. I'm not knocking Jeremy Kim. But, but, you, just, but it's not a change. It's a blow up, blow it up situation. Well, Aaron's just saying, you know what? I'm going to keep being myself. I'm not going to be molded. I know what you guys want me to do. I'm just not going to do that. Because here, here's the thing is, the the soccer mom whose husband's cheating on her, she doesn't know that Aaron's not perfect. So it takes the Aaron's and all the other musicians to say, hey, wait a second, I'm not perfect. I'm not going to play this part. You're actually going to see the real side. And then everything blows up and yeah. what's going to happen because there are millions of people that think the artists they're listening to are above completely yeah. above reproach, perfect in their speech and their habits and everything. I mean, it's just, no, it's funny. It's, nuts. it's a lot of funny business. So, so if you're not making worship music anymore, you're still putting out Aaron Gillespie solo record. You just put out out of the badlands came out in August. Yeah. So how, yeah. if it's not, I mean, were people expecting that to be a worship album? Was it, is it weird to have be doing these different things? I don't, I don't think so. I, I, after I put out those two worship records, I did these two tours. One was last summer and one was, um, one was last winter and one was, no, yeah, last summer and then this this winter, um, where I just go out and I kind of play my catalog. So I play a few Under Oath songs, a few Almost songs, some covers. Um, then I started kind of through the divorce. I was hurting, like you would imagine. So I wrote all these songs, other songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then someone said to me, why don't you make a record of that? Like what you do live, let, let people experience that, you know, let them take it home, not just have to go to a show to see, to see that. Um, so we did. That's the record that we made. So the record that is out of the Badlands is literally just what I have been doing live as a solo artist since uh, a year and a bit ago when I was like, I don't want to go play every Christian festival in church. Mm-hmm. You know, it was sort of just like, I want to go do my thing, you know? Yeah. Who so, is we on that when you said we made the album? Who are you working with? Uh, I have a, I actually, um, so Jamie and I moved to Salt Lake City um, four years ago when mm-hmm. the Paramore thing really picked up because I was gone a ton and. Um, she has, that's where she's from is Salt Lake city, Utah. So she has a couple sisters and her mom, obviously would help her with Joel. So we moved there and I kind of fell in love with the mountains and with the place. So I bought a studio there, um, about a year and a half ago. And I've been producing other artists there mm-hmm. and doing session work behind the drums and film and TV stuff there. And then I ended up just making that record there with my assistant, who's a guy that, um, he engineers everything I do and mixes everything I do. And, um, he kind of pulled me out of the dirt and was like, let's make a record instead of just being bummed about being divorced. Let's go make a record. <laughs> let's go make a record. So we made that record. Um, and we did it really fast, like in three or four days. Um, and it was really fun to do, you know, I had written all these songs, um, that I, I still have a whole record's worth of like, and that's the initial plan is after this record is to kind of maybe put out some songs that are just kind of like the three solo songs that are on that record. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just, we just put it all together. Um, and it worked out really well. You know, it's, it sounds super raw and that was the idea. There's no editing or tuning and, um, 
yeah, it was kind of just supposed to be a snapshot of like where I was at the time, like kind of going through that really hard emotional time. Plus, you know, um, just a snapshot of what I do live now. Yeah, I like to... what it is. The Bonnie Raitt cover is really cool. Thanks, man. Thanks. That was a fun Thanks. one to do for sure. So some yeah. covers and stuff like that on there. I think doing covers is a fun way to go. I, we haven't really ever done any covers recorded them, but I'd like to do that in the future. I, I, I had I had neither, um, and it was really it was I you know when you play a show like by yourself mm-hmm. in a bar, like it's cool to like be able to play like you know, songs that people know that are like old and random. I feel like they, you know, I feel like that as, as a solo artist that kind of sets you in a place where you're like, Oh, this is, he's really into songwriting, not just like the idea of being in a band, you know? So for me, like I took some songs that I loved and the Bonnie Raitt thing was like kind of right where I was at emotionally. And like that song really just spoke to me in the sense of that literally was how I felt like right where I was, you know? So, Yeah. That's very cool. What's the latest with you and Paramore? Um, they are working on music, and I don't know. If they asked yeah. me to come back, of course I would do it. Um, you know, um, they haven't. I, the last show they played, I played, was which was yeah. in February. February. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, or maybe it was March. I don't know. But I, 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 I would love to do it again. I just don't know that my own life would permit, you know, with Under Oath back at it now. Um, and then I'm, I really am kind of serious about chasing this singer-songwriter out of the Badlands thing. Oh, that's really uh, cool. That's really cool. To, you're going to build that. I mean, it'll probably take some time to get it where you want it to be to compete. Yeah, with. Cause that's it, the weird thing is trying to balance all those things and what to compete with. When you're doing a bunch of creative stuff, you constantly have to ask yourself this question, like, well, what do I want to do the most and what pays the bills the most or what's working the most already? And you got to keep reprioritizing. So sometimes it's a long road to the thing. Sometimes the thing you're enjoying the most isn't the thing that's paying off the most and you have to figure out how to balance that with paramore it's i I love those people those they're some of the best people i know and and it's a dream to play madison square garden and red rocks and crazy all this it's crazy dude and i've done all these things multiple times the last few years but it's not mine yeah you know what i mean but but i mean that's got to be so fun though like you don't have any you can't go badly like it's not you're not worried about bomb or getting screwed on money or a promoter you know you just show up and play for a big crowd with a good drum tech right it's amazing but it feels amazing more amazing i think to play your own music yeah you know i really do like like when we did this last under oath tour like getting on stage with those dudes and playing those songs and you know, selling better tickets than we ever had mm-hmm. and seeing this whole thing was that's a spiritual thing. You know, that's, that's something that's yours, you know? So I, don't, I mean, and I love, you know, they, I pair more so gracious and they kind of let me expand on the songs and it was awesome. And I would love to do it again. If time, if time permits, I would a hundred percent do it again. That's, that's awesome. So under oath, when you talk about under oath being back, I still am unclear from talking to you guys individually and what I hear online. You always say that. What, what am I about to say? I am unclear about what is going on with Under Oath. Of course you <laughs> I'm unclear about it. I hear mixed no. things from, from from different people. From you guys, I hear different things. And on, online, I hear different things. Uh, we are playing a bunch of shows indefinitely and then kind of seeing where it leads. You know, it's, it's been a very organic thing. It's not, um, yeah. you know, people are always like, are you making a record? Are you coming to Australia? And, and I just don't think we have to say anything. You, you don't know, I have think to. That, you're right. We are, we are organically our band. We are not, we didn't do a cash grab. Um, we got more shows to play. We're playing a show Saturday and what's the date? Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. You got, you got, you're rehearsing right now. You're, you're, uh, that's what I'm doing here. Yeah. That's what I'm doing here. So, you know, like we are in it, um, as to what extent, um, it's just, we're just letting it happen. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, and I, I totally agree. You do not have to define your career for anybody else, nor should you define it by what is normal, an album and an album cycle and the support this. And the, you don't, you just, there are no rules to it. And the more people that get, get out there and figure out what they, what works for them, the best, just where the best stuff's going to come from. When you try to make these factories right. of how careers are supposed to work, um, then you just, it's, it's similar to, it's, that's the business side taking over. You and know we I mean? all do a thousand, you know, we're all doing a thousand other things right now. Mm-hmm. You know, Tim, Tim owns a coffee company and James is manages a giant merch warehouse. You know, Chris works for the government. You know, there's all these things that people are passionate about. Um, Spencer has another band. Um, you know, I'm doing the Paramore thing. I have my solo record. So for us, it's like, we want to make under oath priority, but not like back to the extent that it was 10 years ago where we, I mean, we never stopped, you know? And I think ultimately that's what ended the band was Mm -hmm. the fact that we, it never stopped. It was just constant, you know, like it. And that's the thing is now, like we've kind of put some parameters on ourselves. Let's do, let's tour when it makes a lot of sense. Right. You know what I mean? We know that every show makes sense to do, you know? Was there any like relational adjustments that needed to be made revolving around, around around your absence and then coming back in? How, how long did Under Oath go without you? Six years. Wow, that went so, by so I mean, fast. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. So you coming back into the picture, like, was there anything that needed to be discussed? Or, uh, I mean, no, you know, after that long, like the laundry will dry. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like after that long and it's, it, it, and mm-hmm. we kind of came to the, you know, when you have a band, especially a band with six people in it, people grow up and, and we had this thing for so many years. We thought we had to be exactly the same, yeah, like the same belief system, the same set of morals. And then people started to stray from that. Like you do, yeah. you know, you, you turn 25, 26, 27. You're like, well, I don't like that guy. I don't like that type of literature. I think that type of, of salvation makes no sense for me. Maybe I don't want to be a Christian at all. You know, there's, there's all of this stuff going on and it kind of just pulled and pulled and pulled and pulled, which ultimately is what imploded under oath. And the reality is, is we do not have to be the same men. Um, we don't have to believe the same things. We don't have to have the same opinions on the things that we believe that are the same. And I think once we grasped that, um, it's a better band than it's ever been, Yeah, you know, cause we can literally look at each other and go, I love you for you. Whether I think what you believe is horseshit or I think the way that you believe it is horseshit, but I, I love you for who you are and I love the music that we made together and let's just go represent that in the best way we know how on stage together as buddies. As opposed to like, last week you said this and I heard that you slept with your girlfriend and now you are screwed. You know, yeah. or you smoked a cigarette and had six beers the other night and now the band is falling apart. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> the, the, rea- the reality is, is those things in the scope of under oath and who we are as people and as a unit do not matter. And I think once we got to the place where we realized we just loved each other and we love the music we make together, um, it fixed the whole thing. And you did have the overdrive button stuck on for as far as your career and the business side of it too. Like I always think of you guys in my head when I think of what causes bands to, to, to have to break up is because if you have one guy that wants to slow down, but he's okay with this, but the other guy needs to make as much money as possible for these reasons. And, you know, it, it, it creates this little bit of a culture where right. 
everybody has to, nobody can even go on vacation. That kind of thing. No, you know what I'm talking about? Like, oh, what are you not dedicated? We're this. The machine is right. important. We're more important. And then, of course, there's going to be strain from that, and it's going to go off the rails if everything is so serious and everybody has to be. Well, wait till you get to where Matt and Toby's at, post-40 Emory. That's that's a totally different season. Oh, I'm living on the edge, dude, on 40. <laughs> Woo-hoo! Now, here's what makes me sad a little bit is, is in the, as long as we've known you and toured with you all this time, I've always felt so I have a few friends like you that I've always felt so good around because they were more hypochondriac than me about their health. And now you seem all chilled out and like you are, are you do you ever get worried anymore about about stuff cuz I let me let me tell you this happened to me just like two two weeks ago. This is how hypochondriac I am. 2 weeks ago had dinner, had a little bit of dessert or whatever. Um and you know this del- this, this delicious watermelon. I had this delicious watermelon. Go to the bathroom, peeing. I pee- I spit in the toilet. I say I'm bleeding from the inside. I, my spit was blood. I was like, oh my god! And then I realized it was just the watermelon. <laughs> but I promise you, for about three or four minutes, I thought I'm dead. I am dead. <laughs> inside. No, you know, honestly, when I left under oath. Um, I guess 2009 or 10, that whole thing kind of fell off. Really? Yeah. I think that I was so, so stressed about the band and kind of like my role and I wanted more power in the band. I wanted to be able to call more shots and like all this stuff. I think I was just imploding in my body and my soul's and mind's Mm -hmm. way of dealing with just to be like, you know, the fight or flight syndrome thing. I was just kind of just stuck. So I think for me, it was good. It was good to um, get away from that, and kind of. I haven't really. I maybe once or twice since then, but you know, since post, I'm 30 through 33. So since I was 30, though, I don't. I can't remember. That's crazy. Freaking out. So, Toby, so perhaps your uh, all of your hypochondria and health problems may stem from a power struggle between you and I. Do you ever yeah. consider that? I knew it. Man, <laughs> no, I, knew. I, I gotta break up, Emory. You gotta so I let go. Right no, you just gotta brain. let go. <laughs> dude, honestly, just you should just quit. You guys should, I got you. Let's just stage the whole thing. I'll help you. So Joey, so Joey calls Toby and mm-hmm. says, you know, things aren't going so well, man. Not too good. That's I, I need I need you to calm down here to Charleston. <laughs> I got to get some things straightened out. And then Toby calls Matt and he's like, Masad, I can't. You know, I really need to just step away for a few months. And mm-hmm. none of this ever happens. But Matt thinks it does. Yeah. Right. So I'll so, be playing so, it for real. Yeah. Right. You'll be playing it for real. So Toby and Joey stop bad Christian. Uh-huh. Thus stopping Emory. I and like you're it. just by yourself in your garage for like, I like six, it. eight months. And then Toby comes back and he goes, Joey's back on track. His marriage is good. His kids are good. Got his job back as a pastor. Everything is good to go. Let's do Emory and you'll come back and sell so many. It'll be unbelievable. I like that. That's a brilliant plan. The other other thing I was thinking while we're talking here, I was like, man, I've really been friends with Aaron Gillespie for a really long time. And then I started thinking, wait a minute, maybe Matt and I are the key to all your problems. Like you started out in this killer band, beautiful wife and all that stuff. Then you go on tour with us. Now you're divorced. You come on our podcast. We make you cuss. <laughs> Can't even be a mu- Christian musician anymore. Yeah, we we might lit <laughs> ruin ruin your marriage and we- career, and now it's gonna get worse. You have ruined my life. <laughs> There's two people in your life that are always at these key points of change. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, it's interesting though. At this I was thinking about this a few minutes ago, and you just reminded me of it um, through the whole joking thing. Is we have all we have known each other for close to fifteen years, the three of us. Yeah, like, it's, that's a reality, and we have spoken this way. And you can vouch for this. You two can vouch. We have spoken this way for as long as we've known each other. Have we not? And then some. Yeah. And, then, and, and then some. And it's funny. And it, this is what's really funny is that I just decided to start being myself. Yes, right. Fully integrated to, self is what it so. is. You're my fully integrated self. Yeah. And you two have been, we have all been the same damn person for 15 years. We've had the same beliefs, the same outlooks. Of course, we've changed as men and, and these things. But the core, the crux of who we are has been the same. And it's funny how when you begin to integrate everything you are into who people think you are, that, you know, like you said, his life falling apart. Everybody hates him. We made him cuss on bad Christian with a We've been talking like this for since we were 19. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. it's super, since super. Since you were 19, yeah. How old are y'all? I'm, I'm 40. 40. Are you really? Yeah. 40 years old, man. Yeah, I'm 37. Man, 37. Joey's yep. 38. 39. 39. We're up there, dude. Yep. We are up there. But you know you know what I mean. Like yeah, no, no, I know what you mean. I think I think that's what bad Christian has done, right. like yeah. in, in public eye has been able to say, okay, look, here is these people in their undistilled, authentic forms. Close and I think to that it. close, close yeah. to close. It. Trying to close, get close as we can get to. I it. think that, dude. I think there's so much there. There's such a need and so much space for that, and that's why this is such a great. I almost feel like it, it, this could like be a place where artists come and confess. It'd be <laughs> nice if they would. A lot of most people don't do it like you. But here's the the rub on that is when you start to become your integrated full self, mm. it looks bad. It looks to the outside people that you've been putting on a front for for X amount of time. Doesn't matter if you're a community group yeah. leader, a pastor, or whatever. It looks like you're sliding or slipping or changing, but you're sure. just being more of what you really were with the, on right. the unguarded side, and it's, it's healthier. I'm not defending everything I say. God, no. That's not what I'm saying, but at least right. we can start from here, and as soon as you can get who you really are at least out there, make every effort you can to be fully integrated. And then you can let people judge you for who you are or may, or not, or accept you. You'll be astonished how much many people accept you, even though there's the stuff that you wouldn't think they would have. And and then you feel I, better. And I, I, it's I not, it's not funny that your hypochondria, other things might subside in that environment. Well, of right. acceptance so, and so, integration. So, so Joey, you as a pastor, what do you, what, like speak into that for a second. What do you think about, Wait, whoa, whoa, hold on. Are, are we on the clock right now? Like, are you, gonna, uh, I got, you know, this costs money. Can, right? you, t- can you tithe? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> are you going to tithe no. to see? <laughs> no, go ahead. I love all, at least a love offering. Can you, we'll go, we'll go past the plate. Anybody put anything in it? We will. No, no, no but just serious though like like do you think the fully integrated self is bullshit or not wait the fully integrated self what do you mean like what you where you guys are at right now as far as being yourselves yes no i don't think that's bullshit why would i think that's bullshit but he's just saying you're a pastor and to to, to be honest you you have more precautions and things you can or will or won't say and do on the podcast than we do you are more guarded than we are, and that and you you have to be That's partly because you think like, it's in, right, in, in your, partly because you're a pastor, partly because your job depends on it. But you of know. course, I mean, I, I would I would say I would say my guardedness is based eighty percent on the fact that the church that I work at it is not my church; it's somebody else's. So I can't expect them 
to see things how I see them, be willing to say the things I'm willing to say. So that's probably 80% of it. But then, yeah, 20% of it. I mean, they're, they're, I, I will talk to you three differently than I will talk on the air. Not, not, a, not way differently, but a little bit differently because, I mean, honestly, I've said some things to Matt and Toby that we've all joked around. We've been like, if that was ever recorded and put online, your career would be done. Like you, you, you wouldn't even be able to, nobody would even listen to you in bad Christian just because we, that's, that's the problem. Why? Like w- 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 maybe we can get there. Though. <laughs> no, but, but, but that's, does it, does that bother you at all? Does that bother you that you are? Be- no, no. And here, here, here's why I, I don't feel, I, I think that there, are, there's some practicalities to this. Uh, here's, here's an example. I just visited my grandma. She hurt her ankle if I would have walked in there and been like, what's wrong, you crazy bitch? You can't walk around. I mean, she, she, she'd be like, what has gotten into you? She'd start crying. So so there are some practical issues here. Like, I, I I would say we're we're real. Like the, the four of us are being real, but we're also not stupid to be sure. reckless. You know, I mean, right. it, it would be one thing if we didn't use any words that people thought were wrong and we weren't open because we just had to be in a, you know, keep ourselves in a certain light. I don't think we're trying to keep ourselves in a certain light, but we're also not being reckless for reckless. Yeah. Sake. Well, as far I, I as know. pastors go, Joe, you're as far out there as out there as anybody. And I yeah. can't believe that you can keep your job and do what you do. But with that being said, there are certain things that are different about you than even Toby and Joey. Toby and I can do. There's still some difference there. And of course, there's yeah, some totally. difference in the way I am right here and the way I will be afterwards. But I do I make every effort to 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 do the harder thing even if it might make me look bad. That's my I feel the compulsion That's... or conviction to try to do that. Yeah. In in every situation that I can. I try to push the limit around my grandma because then she then even all my grandparents are dead by the way, but let's say I had a grandma at the seance you went to. At the with... seance, I try to be myself with my grandma because I think there's more full, the, the most you can possibly put out there <laughs> vulnerability-wise, you have the better chance of connecting with other people. Have you ever connected with a family member where you actually said something kind of raw and then they were tracking Grandmas with you? And you're like, man, I'm closer to this fam- this aunt or uncle now. We're on the level because we both opened up a little bit or been grandmas, ourselves more. Grandmas are an exception, so man. Bitch and we're praising <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you wouldn't you would not believe the conversation that I had about uh, race and politics with my uncle and my grandma. I, I just got to a point where I was just like, "Yeah, I'm I'm not gonna go yeah, here. I'm like, go I'm just gonna sit, that, I'm sure. just gonna agree and shake my head." And dude, <laughs> dude, I lit my dad up the other day talking about I probably am a libertarian. <laughs> <laughs> he lost his shit on the phone. Called me a liberal. Didn't know he had a son that was a liberal. I was like, Dad, what in the hell are we talking about? I can't, you know. It was unbelievable. I said, I said, all right. Your dad's I got said, a Trump oh, flag. Oh, oh he, he, he's very pro-Trump. Very he's excited, excited hey, boy. All right, all right, so listen to this. I, I wrote this stuff down. My grandma told me that her pastor came out for Trump, and I said, why is that? And he said, well, because our pastor doesn't like lying, and so he can't vote for Hillary, so he's going to vote for Trump. Okay. Uh, my 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 uncle said that Trump is a good man and he raised good children. Damn right. My uncle said that Hillary. He said I seriously think she's like the devil, <laughs> and he was serious. <laughs> yeah. He says I think she's kind of like Satan. And then listen to this. This is the precious one. And I promise you, this does not make me feel bad about my grandma. It's just how she was brought up. Listen to what she said. And this was the point of her conversation. She said, Joey. She said, uh, there's there's a guy 
that goes to our church, he speaks to me every single Sunday. He's a black man, and he shakes my hand every single Sunday, and I talk to him. <laughs> she did it. There you go. So she can't be and racist. That's what she, she's that's like what the, she she's wanted like to do. Cap- she's the right. Colin Kaepernick of old people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's really out there. You know what I mean? She <laughs> she's living on the edge, boy. Wow. I, I've decided the whole reason we're having this conversation is because 10 years ago, I was 23, Zod was 27, Toby was 30. That, so, Joe, you would have been 28. Yeah. 10 years ago, there was a show on network television called The Apprentice. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which was the most unbelievable shit show of a television show. And if there would have been a banner that went across the bottom of the screen, just like, you know, the emergency broadcast system, this is a test, it would have said, in 10 years, this guy would be the fucking president. Can you imagine? Like, it would have been, it would have been, it would have been a joke. That's what we're living right now. Let's all move to Micronesia and start a church where you can cuss in the pulpit. Well, y'all, y'all have seen the y'all have seen the clip of the Rage Against the Machine uh, music video back. It was like 15 years ago, and there's a sign that says Trump for President 2000. Yeah, it's I think crazy. Yeah, yeah crazy. My, my dad, my dad. I told him I was. Uh, we got into the marijuana di- dispute, and he he said, "You." are going to let your kids do drugs. <laughs> I said, what are you talking about? By supporting said, a libertarian yeah, candidate. I was trying to explain to him the taxes and what's happened in Colorado and Washington and what it means. I, I was making really great points and it was like silence. And then for you, you do you love your children? You're going to let Ruby do marijuana. <laughs> so as like, if dude. voting for a libertarian candidate, might as well, you might as well know, put the it. needle in, the ar- in their arm yourself. <laughs> well, Toby, you know Gary's getting everything now, man. <laughs> Gary's getting it oh, all. I know. I know. I'm getting nothing. I'm, I'm, surpri- nothing. I'm surprised you seem to be the type that just at some point you've been like, ah, it's not worth going here with my I dad. Did, I did. I, well, I was just trying to have a little bit. It's, it's fun for a little while. when He was, he got yeah. like heated. He was yelling. <laughs> and it went, like I couldn't even get a word in. I was like, wow, this is interesting. Like I hadn't seen yeah. my dad like really. Yes. I mean, I, I I had it on uh, speaker because I just couldn't handle it. I was just holding it away from my head, and it was unbelievable. But anyway, I know we got to let you get off here, Aaron. Yeah, you got under oath rehearsal tonight. You're going over to practice right now, huh? Yeah, we just uh, we're finishing up um, getting ready for these festivals. We did uh, okay. so the Riot Fest. There's two. There's one in Denver and there's one in Chicago. Uh huh. Um, so we played two weeks ago there. So we came back to rehearse and then we're doing this thing. It's the 20th anniversary of chain reaction. Oh, awesome. In wow. That's cool. Yeah, it's cool. I didn't know it had been around that long either, but we're doing it in the parking lot of the observer observatory, which is another venue in orange County. So it's, um, right. circus survive under oath and coheed. Um, and then a bunch of other bands. Um, and then we literally fly overnight and do, um, Riot Fest Chicago on Sunday. That's going to be so, huge. That's going to be awesome. So, yeah, yeah, everybody can find yeah. your stuff. Under stuff's easy to find. AaronGillespie.com for the other stuff you're doing solo. And really, yeah. good luck to you building that career and really having that take off. And, and I really yeah. admire the way you're talking about it, where you're taking your career and, and everything. Too. So th- thanks for catching yeah. up with us. We'll let you get out well, thank of here. You all. Tell all the guys who said hey. I will um, tell everyone over there I said hey to. What the hell's Dave doing? Just living. <laughs> same old, same old. Does he have three kids? Four. Yeah, he just no, had a four. four. Yeah, four. Somebody better show him how to do it. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> All right, y'all. Yeah. All right. Cool, man. See ya. See ya. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take a break, too, and then we'll come back at our out of normal format thing and talk about everything else y'all want to talk about. Hell yeah.
here's what I want to say about Indochino custom menswear. Custom is the key. And I'm just, I'm not even reading what I'm supposed to read right now because I'm, I just want to say from the heart and what it is, mm-hmm. custom is just so amazing. Not only are the suits going to be amazing, like your, the, the suit that you get will be seriously a one of a kind, but that is because not only are the materials great, everything about this company is so easy. So, I mean, it's just user friendly to the max, but you really do get a custom suit. I just thought it was so, honestly, it was pretty fun. Like you just, when, when you get your size, it has all these cool videos and uh, the, the way they measure the suits is just so easy. You just watch it, you measure yourself, you you type it in and mm-hmm. you move on and it's just so great. And then you can even customize what you want, you know, yep. with, with, uh, with the other stuff. So I just thought it was so awesome. For, also how affordable it is. But the way you can customize your suit, because I have always, I'm a big guy, and so I always end up getting a suit that's bigger because I'm a little, and it never ends up looking good. Like, I hate the idea. I hardly have ever worn suits because I'm like, "Ah, I'm not going to look that good anyway. Mm -hmm. I'd rather wear, you know, a better fitted jean, uh, pair of jeans or a better fitted button-up shirt or something like that. I actually look better. I look nicer than the suits I bought. I remember uh, the, the funniest thing. First suit I bought was when uh, after I'd gone to jail and I had to go face the judge. <laughs> and my mom said, you got to buy a suit. And we went to JCPenney and bought a suit. And I looked like an idiot. I, w- I, I wish I could. I'll try and find pictures. Of I'm it. sure judges that, are so aware of that. Like somebody that this guy right. ain't never worn a suit except for a uh, citizen yeah. today. Yeah, totally. totally. So that's why I think Indochino is just so awesome. They make everything so easy, and you are going to get an amazing suit, a suit that's going to make you look good. Yeah, I mean, and it's that, uniquely that, that, that's yours. That's supposed to be. And let me tell you guys this. Mine came in the mail today. I suited up. I felt like a million bucks. I'm going to wear it sometime, take a picture, show it to you guys. It is yeah. incredible. I can't think of what the next occasion is, but I just can't wait for the next occasion. Maybe I'll go for, I'm, I got my anniversary dinner on Friday. I'm going to put on a suit and take my baby Ooh, out. That's going to be fun. That's a good that's idea. We're going so to a fun. fancy steakhouse and I'm going to wear a suit and go do it. But the thing is awesome. It's customized and there's nothing like having something that's one of a kind. It's uniquely mine. It's made for me. There's, it doesn't fit anybody else. It's a great feeling. Right. I think everybody should have a suit. You should, you got to do Indochino. Of course, there's a money back guarantee. So if you don't like it, you got nothing to lose, but you can see what you feel like and look like in a custom-made suit. And today, our listeners get any premium suit for just $389. That's unreal. That is crazy. And that's more than half off. It really is. So it's Indochino.com when entering Bad Christian at checkout, plus the shipping's free, as if you needed more reason to do it. So there's no reason not to try right. your first custom-made suit with a deal this good. And it's uh, from the premium collection. It'll look and feel good. It's Indochino.com, promo code BADCHRISTIAN for any premium suit for just $389 and free shipping. So Indochino, your look, your way. All right. All right. So how about old Citizens and Saints? Our good friends, Citizens and Saints, old Zach Boland. Mm-hmm. Now, we got a video uh, that we'll, we're going to release, but Joey did another installment of interviewing Zach Boland because it went so well last time. It's actually up now. It's on our Facebook page. Oh, you you put it up. Yeah, Facebook and, and YouTube. Cool. Check it out. It's very funny. So, Joey, what were you thinking? What is it? You, you got into this album. You've listened to it because I know you prep for your solo interview. So tell us a little bit about the album from your point of view. The new Citizens and Saints yeah, album. This, I mean, is such an easy ad for me to do because I seriously have listened to this album now. 
I'm not exaggerating, probably about 15 times or so. Now that's, that's obviously because I'll get in a groove with working and so it'll be on repeat, but it really is just so good and catching. And you guys could probably describe this better than I can, but Zach Boland's voice, there's something about it. It, it doesn't have like the bells and whistles of like a Toby Morell voice, but it's just, <laughs> oh, thank it's you. just so good though. There's just something about <laughs> it. It's almost like a, it doesn't sound like Willie Nelson, but nobody really listens to Willie Nelson and say, man, that's one of the best singers ever. But Willie Nelson is one of my favorite voices. I'm like, no, no, I think they do. So I think you're right. Incredible. I think what I think what it is, is he is able with his voice to capture emotion and energy. Yeah. In yes. even in the recorded form. And that is very yes. hard to do and very unique. Like I have to really try. Like the first time I heard Zach sing, I was like, oh, my gosh, this yes. guy's voice is awesome. And then to hear the recordings, you're like, wait a minute, the energy, is the there. excitement, what he's totally. trying to convey. He totally can do it with ease yeah. it's amazing yep i was gonna say this album is called a mirror dimly it's a concept album about search for clarity to doubt god uh, is evidence uh, of our human natures and to believe in god is evidence of power at work that goes beyond the bounds of human nature um so yep. they're going to be on that's that's I, those aren't my words that's a that's what they say about the album here. So they're going to be on tour with King's Kaleidoscope uh, coming up like next week, next couple of weeks. So go yep. find those, buy the tickets. They, they've booked this thing themselves. They've got some of the shows are sold out, and there's still tickets left for some other ones. So uh, please go see Citizens and Saints and King's Kaleidoscope. Uh, I'm going to play a song here in a second. But yeah, and real quick, Matt, if, if people pre-order it right now, they'll get three songs immediately, and, that, and the album, the album comes awesome. out this Friday. All right, this song is called Day by Day. Citizen Saints. The album is called A Mirror Dimly. You can pre-order it right now at gospelsong.merchnow.com or store.citizensandsaints.com or at iTunes. All you got to do. All right. The Bad Christian Podcast, everybody. Living the dream. Living the dream. One thing I wanted to tell them about and just thinking about 
Citizens and Saints and King's Kaleidoscope. I didn't tell you all this, but on my uh, I made a playlist on my Spotify, mm-hmm. and I and I called it Outlaw Christian. I like it, and, and yeah, and I am really thinking it more and more. I might even talk to old Gillespie and see if he he'll put out some stuff. But I'm thinking more and more that there has to be music that just is just wild and awesome and amazing, and it's, and it really truly is about uh, honoring God through creativity and maybe even exposing some of our doubts or, or just being real, the, the fully integrated self in Christian music so that you don't just, it's not just something easy to swallow. Christian music should not be easy to swallow. Yep. It shouldn't be just, oh, yeah, uh, that's cool. I can bob, bob my head to it. Oh, yeah, I'm a soccer mom. It, it's okay. Like that, I mean, that, that shouldn't be the case with honoring the creator of all things. So I really want to start a movement that is like out, outlaw Christian music. Like outlaw like I really country, want to yeah. do that. Yeah, yeah, Outlaw Country. You think about Johnny Cash or Merle Haggard, all those guys that were like on the outskirts, and they were like the real country music. That's what I want to start with Christian music. That's very cool. All right, so we got a bunch of stuff to do. We'll see if we can all fit it in here, plus the news and everything else. Um, It occurred to me, this is my seventh anniversary. I know I mentioned that before, but do I get anything? Because there's a seven-year itch. If I have a seven-year itch and I made it seven years, do I get something for that? that, Do do we get a cheat? Yeah, one free cheat. Yeah, we get a cheat or something. Does she get one too or just me? No, 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 no. Especially she she's okay. pregnant. That that means someone's. Yeah, yeah no, I, yeah, like, that's yeah. Okay, some disgusting. But I am. <laughs> I made it seven years, and I if I have this, I have the somebody seven that year would itch. have sex with a pregnant. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> All right, so, I do have an announcement. Let me get out of here before we talk too graphically about. Oh Lord! My, not not because I'm not fully integrated, because I'm just uncomfortable with it personally, knowing what All I got to right. look at and see and do over the next few weeks here. Uh, oh yes, um, I know. I'm gonna try. I don't want to think about Matt. it anymore. It's a miracle. Matt. Yeah. Okay, got a new project that I'm announcing right now, but also along with new projects and new things you do come troubles. So Uh-oh. I'm gonna I'm gonna call this horrors in graphic design is what I'm gonna say this is. Yeah. And I'll get back to that, to what I mean about that. But I have a new podcast I've been working on. Uh, it's a partnership thing. So I'm really the producer of it, not really the talent on it. But I'm doing okay. a new podcast that is the that you can download uh, a trailer for episode zero and hear it right now. And it's called Anatomy of Marriage, and it's from the website strongermarriages.com. So strongermarriages.com is uh, a some people, Craig Gross is involved with it and runs it, and they actually hired me. They're the client. They hire me as the creator and producer to produce a podcast along the lines of what it is that they do, what that website is to help marry people, and I really wanted to take a really serious approach and not do, you know, three steps to this or here's practical stuff. And just like everything, I don't like everything being wrapped up. So we've chosen to do a long form kind of uh, documentary style edited put together podcast where we explore, explore marriages and why they succeed and fail. And the host of this podcast, the talent that I hired to do it, and make it with is Seth and Melanie Studley. Seth has been on this show before, talking about his marriage and domestic violence in it and, and that kind of stuff. And uh, he was our original drummer from South Carolina, Seth. And uh, his wife, Melanie, is incredibly talented. She's the host of the show and has done most of the work. Interviewed all these experts, talked to a bunch of people, told stories, edited these clips together, written the vo- voiceover and narration. This stuff is really really good. And I'm really excited about it. So we got it all going. You can listen to it right now if you go to anatomyofmarriage.com. And please do subscribe, leave the review, tell people about it. I think this thing's going to be big, but it's really difficult being in this position of like producer and having a client. Like I'm not purely the creator. It's not my own thing. So first of all, Seth and Melanie are making it, um, which brings challenges. And then it's for Craig and Stronger Marriages. So I'm kind of caught in the middle trying to steer the ship. But it's been going really well, uh, except for 
we're trying to launch it yesterday, get the website up. And as we're, Reva and I are going over the website and getting it tweaked out and just right, Melanie sends me a text message of the, and says, hey, this is not a good sign. And what she sends me is a picture of a candle from Fred Meyer. Okay, just a candle on the shelf at a, a superstore here in Washington. And it is our exact artwork that we paid a $1,500 for. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> which, is, which is, after doing just a little bit of digging, is clearly a, is stock art. We found it online. It's, it's just stock art that I thought was, I thought we had, I, and maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I don't understand the graphic design business. And I could, I really could. I'm sure that we're going to uncover something and they'll have a side to their story. I'm certainly not going to say who it is or anything like that. Not a big deal. I get this is the way it goes, but I was under the impression that we had custom made, hand drawn artwork and paid a lot of money for it. Jeez. That was the impression I got. And then, <laughs> and so, you know, and so it's not. So we pulled it last minute. So the website's up now. That part's not on it because we took it off and just made a text version for now. And we got to go on launch day, graphic design fail entirely. I didn't even want to put it out there. So I pulled the, the, the art entirely on uh. launch day of the, of, the introducing i knew we were, i was going to talk about on the show tonight and there nice. you go so horrors i mean and that's the way it is so i don't know how it's going to unfold i sent them an email and of course sometimes you have to fire people they hadn't i mean i don't know just the way it is but um i just think about it how many how many horror stories of graphic design are there it's just it, what a weird industry it is because you could work forever on it and it could be awesome or just a person cannot like it we've had tons of stuff go down with graphic design hadn't we toby can you any more come to mind uh, well, I mean, we've always had trouble like with our, you know, it's crazy trying to try, try uh, t-shirts, albums, artwork and stuff like that. We, I mean, I guess we've actually been pretty lucky with our album artwork, but no, okay. Let me insert there. One time we had a concept for an album cover, explained it. The guy came up with the concept, sent it to us. And then after Googling a little bit, we found seven years ago, somebody released and found art identical again. This has happened before. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. Maybe this is just how it works, but we found a different take on the same photograph or, or I don't know if it's identical or not identical, but it was so specific that it was obviously the same thing taken or reshot or pasted in. And it was the cover for the album. And if we didn't catch it, we would have again just replicated right. something else that's out there. I mean, I don't know. I just, I guess this happens. It's so weird these days. It's really funny. Maybe it's a curse. I remember when, so I, in high school, I took a computer class, and back then, computer class was plotting points. Mm -hmm. Y'all yeah. even know what I'm talking about? Was that it? So, like X and Y yeah. axis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you did that, and you would make a shape or a, you know, an animal, you know, an elephant or a rabbit. So I can remember this was 1992, and I went to computer class, and somehow, even then, scheming, figured out, I looked at, I saw a file, and I was like, well, what are this is? And I saw the previous year's guy's rabbit that he made. <laughs> I went, click, and thought I'd change the name to Toby Morrell, put it on there, and the teacher was like, wow, you did that so fast. You're, uh, she was like, I'm a prodigy. Really impressed. But she said, send it to me or, or, or something. She came to get it, however we did it, and the, uh, it reverted to its old name, which was the guy who had made it the year before. <laughs> well, it's <laughs> a temptation. Got, I'm she, sure it's she a went, very to tempting thing to do. <laughs> to the office. She was so mad. So it might be a curse. Maybe I've caused that against us. But I think it's probably a thing where you, there's so much stuff out there. You go, they won't find it. No way. I no. mean, you know what I mean? Like, they didn't think you're going to see that candle. Or maybe they didn't know who had used know. it or where it's at. So why not? I mean, if you would have never found out, 
that's a win. Yeah, it might must have took them seconds. Yeah, you know, but yeah, that's just the way it is though. So and then, and then even first, I started to talk myself into giving them the benefit of the doubt or trying to tweak it or whatever. I'm just like, nope. My, my dad told me if you're thinking about right. firing somebody, you probably should have fired him a long time ago, and that's true. And I just when I reflected on it, I think. Dad gummit, how many times have I fired people? Now I gotta craft an email or call this person or do it. It sucks to do that. And I've done it so many times. It sucks for for what I kind of do in the band and the podcast, whatever. It usually comes to me on fire. And I go, no, this is me. I'm I'll do it. You know, it sucks to do it. And you almost always do it a little bit too late. But Toby has fired at least one booking agent. He did it on speakerphone. That was pretty fun. So, but no, I fired managers. I tell you, who freaks out the most is lawyers. I fired two lawyers. Yeah. They oh, went there. ballistico, oh, ballistico yes. when you fired. Not good. <laughs> and Not managers, good. we've done. It's been so difficult. I but fired, Toby fired, I fired a booking a manager. Agent once. I fired a manager. You fired a manager and a booking agent. I won't agent. say who it was, but yeah. So I've done, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you've done at least two major firings. So that's good. Anyway, that's tough. And then I know we got other stuff to talk about. And then dealing with the ta- the client, making sure he, you know, he's happy. He's paid a lot of money. So it's not just me goofing around a podcast. Right. This thing has to be good. And then dealing with the actual talent. Like you guys are hard enough, but now I've got Seth and Melanie too to deal with. And Seth, th- y'all get a kick out of this. It's the whole process, all it's been is Seth texting. Melanie's doing all the work, except for Seth texting me once a week and asks for something. Uh, and and if it could be in the budget or not. <laughs> like he wanted laptops for both of them. And he said, I said, why? He said, well, you know, if I'm out and want to do some research, you know, I just need a laptop. I said, you're 39 years old and you're a professional in the world. Do you have a laptop? He goes, yeah, but it's not really that good. <laughs> I said, what are you going to do with it? And then they, they went to a conference, which I applaud them last week. And Seth was at, and it was re- marriage related. And so Seth wanted to get that paid for <laughs> to fly to Denver <laughs> and go to a conference. <laughs> and I, every time he asked for something, I think it's crazy. It's like, I had to have that tough conference. I said, I don't think I'm, we're going to spend the money on it. He goes, okay, I was just asking, you know, I was just trying. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's never, it's not, it never that mean about it. No, he's always, yeah, I'm always feeling bad. Like I got to tell him, no, he's going to be mad or argue. He just goes, yeah, I was just, you know, I just thought I'd ask. But that's, that you know, if you know Seth, funny. that's the way he is. But turning out great. Anyway, that's what I've been dealing with the last couple of days. It'll be good. Keep your head up, dude. <laughs> man. You know, you dealing with the. I, I hate like that that pressure of you think things are going good and then you just like out, yep. out of nowhere you get hit by a lightning bolt. You're like, damn it! I, I guess that. But that's the thing. Like, you have to take that with running your own business or doing your own thing uh-huh. and stepping out. Like, I mean, that's just the way it goes. You just have to it's do so that. It's so easy to get bad news. Yeah. It's just so oh, easy. Gosh. Any moment you could get terrible bad news. And rarely do you get good news, but it, that's the way it no, is. I know. Joey, how's things going with you in old Charleston? I, if, it does feel funny, like, a lot of stuff, like, I guess at the church and stuff, like, it's I still see, like, on Facebook or whatever, stuff that's going on, like the Dave Ramsey, Seacoast is doing like a Dave Ramsey uh, financial peace thing. And I see all this stuff, but I mean, you're doing a lot of stuff without me. And is it sadder without me? Like now you've had like a full two or three months without me being on staff. Is, is it sadder? Are you more sad? Uh, Not sad in the word, less, less fun. Maybe is the right word to say. Not sad. Is it less fun? I would say there's there's moments. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. Like like staff meetings. I mean, we have fun, but I mean, to- man, Toby knew how to rock a staff meeting, make everybody laugh. And we laugh. I mean, I'm a funny guy, but Toby, I mean, he's what 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 I think is so funny about Toby, though, is he also gets in this zone where he 
you can tell he just hates this. He hates it. He hates it. He wishes he could be out of this meeting, but then he always forces himself to be involved and it's always a super good thing. So I, I went to the Packer game this uh, weekend and I, I noticed some things about me. I just cannot believe how patriotic I am. Like, and I wish that I didn't have all these conspiracies in my head because I would enjoy my patriotism. It's too bad you're not in control of your own head and Way conspiracies more, yeah, exactly. that you buy into. But, man, I'm telling you, they did so much stuff for 9-11. They had a World War II vet. I almost started bawling. They had the jets fly over. They had the American flag. I was the like, jets always gosh, get me. No matter I what, I just love my me. country. I was like, damn, I love Even my though you country. believe that we 9-11'd ourselves? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, that's what I don't get. I mean, <laughs> There's just a chance, but, but here's the thing: my, I love my, my country. Listen, even if they destroy New York, I love it, this listen, USA. It was worth it listen, for the Jets flying over. The my jets. patriot, my patriotism is based on the people of America. Because here's the thing: here is go. even if some of that stuff was coerced by our government. <laughs> Like innocent people still went and fought. So. Right? Yeah. yeah, I've never looked at it that way, man. Yeah. America, God bless America. <laughs> hey, listen, listen to what Priscilla did though. This is just, this just, I cannot believe how <laughs> women same can thing. Just so, so listen. All right, so we are standing there. We're standing on the patio of this club area. We had tickets. Craig Gross kind of hooked us up. And uh, to to have access so we could go in, air condition, get some food, come out and see the game up close and everything. Well, there's these guys and they are in each other's face faces and there's two sons involved and they're yelling back and forth. One guy's about to punch another guy. There's two ladies working at the stadium that are like standing there and kind of tentative. So I just walk around closer there can be nothing but good out of me just being ready to split the. And Priscilla's like, no, no, no. What are you doing? What are you? And I, it just hit me. I was like, girls do that so much. Like all I'm doing is I'm positioning myself to be a helpful citizen. But all she can think about is I don't need to do that. And if I were to like really get to the bottom of like, well, what is it that you don't want me to do? I don't think she could have an answer. It's like just at that moment, a female will freak out about something that was only good. Does that make sense to you guys? Well, I don't know if she was free. Like you were, you were thinking I'm going to get in the middle of these two guys and separate them. Well, there's, there's women involved. Yeah. That would, that would have had to do that if I wasn't there. Right. So all I was going to do is if I could tell, shoot, this is definitely going to come to blows then yes, I would have tried to been like, come on, guys, don't, don't, do, don't do this and stand between them. Because in, in my opinion, I would have potentially kept them out of jail. I would have kept one of these ladies from getting hurt. And I just kind of feel like as a fellow human being, it's like my responsibility. I'm standing right there. Like, but your why wife's thinking I? his 39-year-old ass thinking he's 18 is going to get knocked <laughs> out and I'm going to have to drag him out of here. And we're going to take him to the hospital and might have a seizure. It's super hot. <laughs> Can't we just get an ice and go back? The reason lose. we're here is to watch a damn football game, and now he's getting in between Tina and, and Louise, and he's, he's thinking, <laughs> thinking he's going to stop this thing. I side, no, I side with two Priscilla. Two dudes about to fight. I, two two dudes are about. Yeah, to fight. Yeah, I say stay away from it. You don't that there isn't any good help that comes from you. Like let them get in trouble if they're going to do it. I just video it and I, I get. Yeah. I, I go viral. I think there uh, would be a, that, an opposite viral. reaction to that you may think or that would be anticipated, which is if your wife saw you break up a fight or end a fight or do something masculine and strong, she would dig the shit out of it afterwards. Once she saw it, yeah, that's afterwards. probably. And so yeah. the way to handle that is to obviously 
st- get have that stage once every five years or so where you you yeah. know what I mean? It'd be <laughs> worth 150 bucks. You pay a couple of whoever people that don't mind taking a shot or two and you have them, you know, just synthesize a situation, step in there, take care of it. It that would that would be good for you. That would work. So she yeah. didn't want All you right. to do it, but that bear, that same fear, she would have loved it if you handled the situation. Yeah. What, what right, What's well, the opposite here, of that? What can a woman do to be totally womanly? Could she set up a thing where you're like, oh, heck yeah. No, she just once every five years needs to say, hey, I want to get freaky tonight. Yeah. <laughs> once every five years. Just let, be super sexually forward <laughs> once per five years. That, that would that do would, the trick. It'd save every marriage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Toby, you got some news for us? Oh, y'all want some news? Yeah, I mean, maybe like something. I mean, I, you know. Kick the music. In a world where you realize Joey's grandma is a biatch, and so <laughs> is every other female on earth, and so are the damn dudes. This is the damn news. Guys, I got a couple here. I, I I'm going to do a couple quick stories, and I thought these are really interesting to me. All right. Uh, All right. This first one comes from Fox News. Server, Matt, this is about tipping. Okay. And and, and so I I got a good good question here. Server fired after publicly shaming Pittsburgh Steeler star for cheap uh, tip. Basically, Mm -hmm. I don't know what this says here. But anyways, basically, he gave her a a cheap tip. Employees at a Maryland restaurant uh, banded together to out D'Angelo Williams, who used to be for the Carolina Panthers. Yep. Now he's with the Steelers. Running back. Uh, great running back, by the way. Good, very good for fantasy the last few times. But as a bad tipper Sunday after the Steelers running back left a minuscule tip on a hefty bill. Just now at work, I had D- D'Angelo Williams come in, and I waited on him while tending bar, an employee at Lado Restaurant in College Park, Wrote on Facebook, according to TMZ, his check was $128.25. He left me $129 with no tip. <laughs> 75 cents. So there you go, Steelers fans. Your running back is cheap as shit. Uh, and it said the heads kept shaking on Twitter where the coworker took issue directly to Williams. Uh, Johan Malcolm left a long string of tweets addressed to Williams, which are now protected from public view, while frequently tagging both ESPN and Stephen A. Smith in hopes of making the tip snub public. In an attempt to guilt the 11-year NFL veteran who was in town Monday night for the Washington game. Now, I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to read the rest of it. What do you all think immediately is, I mean, so they obviously knew he's famous, and they're using this moment to shame him. Right, right. That's a shaming tactic, Absolutely. It, it, so, I mean, that seems just like the worst thing in the world, isn't it? Like, you can't yes. go somewhere to a restaurant and not tip. Uh, like, you're immediately right. branded as a terrible tipper Now, keep tipper in mind forever. here, we're talking about a sum of a 20% tip there would have been about 24 bucks. So, we're talking right. about $24. And, yeah. you know, so that, to, to behave that way to somebody publicly over $24. Like, this guy's either opportunistic or that been right. out of shape about $24. It's completely unacceptable. I would have fired him for sure. Yeah. Regardless of what you think about tipping, I would have fired that person. Now, jo- Joey, what do you I think? I do think it's wrong not to tip in because the system we have is so stupid and tipping is horrible and unfair and unjust and immoral. I would make all those arguments. However, that is a system we have. So it is, you, you do need to tip, especially if you're, unfortunately, if you're famous or notable, you even more so have to make sure to play along with the system because you don't want to be seen that way. But, I, right. you know, I, no matter what, I hate tipping as a system. I would love to outlaw it. I think it would be the right thing to do. I, agree. I think it's the only right thing to do, and it will be eliminated in the future. Trust me, it will eventually be gone. It, 
in the form that it is in now, and it'll be some other way. But I, for the record, and I've said this a million times, I always tip 18%. I just always do. I don't care about the service at all. I tip 18% because I'm a human. I don't want to be a jerk. Whatever. But I don't like it. Well, Toby, Toby, Toby let, me, let me start by saying that your rants and you tearing people to shreds on our podcast behind their backs yeah. is one of my favorite things that we do, period, <laughs> by far. Yeah, this is behind so, people's backs. Yeah. Right. So what is the difference? You, you said that, okay, so a famous person comes in, they don't give tips, right. and, and they get shamed. What's, what's the difference with your philosophy in saying about someone in the Christian market that hypes themselves up on such a high pedestal, but then they say, hey, my privacy, man, I need it. Please, my family needs it. Don't talk about me now. I mean, I, I think there's a difference, but what is it? Yeah, I mean, guilty as charged. <laughs> no, I'm saying for this, what this wasn't a thing where uh, I believe that this was a total, like Matt said, opportunistic way to get this guy and to hurt him. Anytime that I ever call out anybody, it is to yeah. further the Christian movement and make right. it better. Uh. And it is always in response, just like, okay, we just had Aaron Gillespie on here who openly from the beginning has talked about his divorce, even said, hey, there's six months where it was just really bad and dark and I didn't, uh, yeah. you know. All the, also, like, we uh, never uh, make uh, yeah. anything public that, that the person isn't, isn't engaged public. in publicly. Right. We never, right. I just talked about the graphic design company. I'm not going to say who it is. Right. That's different. Right. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give details. And, if, if a famous Christian cheated on somebody, I wouldn't give the names and all that stuff. The only thing I get. Oh, uh, we have. Only thing I, I mean, no, no, we no, have. Not with who they cheated or if they cheated. I, the only thing we've ever talked about is. What's that already they, public. They, they, they would, yeah, what's public and what they would. They, okay. they say, respect my privacy. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, like if D'Angelo Williams would have gone, hey, respect my privacy. I was just like, like that would have been a little funny. Like he, yeah. he ended up writing and tweeting saying how horrible the experience was, and it was awful. And, in fact, he used to wait tables and knows what it's like. Uh, and he said it, it was like an hour and a half wait to get his food. They had some unbelievable mix-ups. They didn't care about him at all. So that's the thing you don't see there is that, yeah. you know, he, the guy actually gave him really he poor service. He didn't tip right as right. an expression of poor service, not because he's a cheap yeah. bastard, which is what the so, guy wanted to make him out to. Anyway, this guy this guy was fired. Which is he a problem with the tipping there. system, by the way, because how would you ever know which side was what and who was who? Right. Does, exactly. It, doesn't, it just doesn't matter. I mean, what? If, yeah, what if he had to give a $10 tip? Or what if he had given $20 and the guy was like, man, that's D'Angelo Wims. That's all he can do. That's you know why I mean? my like, policy you, yeah. is no, it's not service-based. I know the whole thing is, but it's service-based. Well, the only way to solve it is to tip evenly all the time anyway. That's all you can do. Yeah. There's a you just have to. I just can't live that way. When I get really poor service, I just hate it. I will still tip, but very low. <laughs> no, I tip. I tip like, full. That's what I'm saying. I even tip fine when the service is bad. But it's the whole system's a joke. That's stupid, man. No, that's it's not stupid. stupid. It's the only. It's, it's all. I it. think that's a cop out. You never that's know who's fault it is or what they. It doesn't matter. I you're saying because if you. You're saying if you don't like the system, then you're just going to be stupid. No, it's because I'm generous. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, moving on. One more news story here. We're running out of time here. This comes from Business Insider. That last one came from Fox, but this comes from Business Insider. Walmart customer bizarrely posts footage of fatal shooting while smiling. A Walmart customer filled the aftermath, filmed the aftermath of a fatal shooting in a Kansas store's parking lot and posted the video to, pay, to Facebook. In the video, Wendy Russell McCrory shows what appears to be a dead body and warns against visiting Walmart, the Daily Mail reports. So this is interesting. I'm at Walmart, which I hate going to, 
and this is happening in front of my car, McCrory said in the video, which was removed from Facebook on Monday. Apparently, right in front of my car, two men have been shot. I was inside buying some light bulbs and stuff and an inner tube for my son for his bike, and everybody was telling everybody not to go outside, so you be careful when you're, go- when you're going to Walmart. This is really scary and insane and grotesque, and I'm freaked out. At the end of the video, McCrory said, gross, gross, don't come to Walmart. And so a lot of people are, on, are mad at her for posting that because they said she was being insensitive. There were dead people, and she was just kind of smiling and acting like it was a goofy thing. My question to you guys, is it her responsibility to be upset and be super worried about the people, or is it okay that she just posted how she actually felt? Like, it, it, is it her social responsibility? Like, is she is she getting rightly lambasted online for being a terrible person because she was like, don't come to Walmart. Walmart is gross. Ooh. Like, should she have been, like, crying that somebody had died? Is that, like, her social responsibility? Are we holding people to that accountability now? Do you, do you, think, do you think that that was cold towards a person? Like, could we all agree on that? Or was she just being true about her feelings? No, that's what I'm saying. Like, do you think that it's wrong for her not to be cold? Like or to be cold. No, I guess. Well, I think I think there's two issues. I mean, like, is this lady a weirdo as an individual? Probably, right. but who cares what she puts online? I just don't understand where the energy would ever come from to criticize such a person. And I don't know if that's what we're doing right now or in what form her criticism comes. I, I get all that, but I don't see who are the people who drive the outrage machine. Where do they get the energy? Yeah. What's the point? Is what I don't understand of that. What is the but, point? Of right. Well, that's what I'm saying. What, what is becoming our responsibility? What is becoming? Like, let's let's go back to Joey at the Packer game, and there's two people getting ready to fight. Joey goes just because this is the way Joey is. Maybe I should get in there and do this. Honestly, my thought would be film it, see if it goes viral. Like, like, like seriously, <laughs> so, like that, that's terrible, right? Am I the bad, or or is it not terrible? Is it my responsibility to go? Wait a minute. Two people are fighting. We don't need like the the 49ers game. They had a streaker and they wouldn't show him on the TV, yeah, you know, because right. that that. But I was don't like, please show it. That'd be so much better. Yeah, I would. Right. So everybody on earth would love to see that guy streaking. It it just be great. Well, it's an interesting clash of, of of ideas there of what. You know, both of these stories are opportunism on somebody's behalf, it feels like, right. which is is an emerging quality. But on the other hand, the outrage to it is so annoying, too. That's where I'm at with those with those two things. Both, uh, yeah, I both definitely sides. think we're, we're. I don't know why everybody has to care so much about other people's stuff that doesn't matter at all to anybody. That's the way it feels like to me. Apparently, nobody has anything, so you'll just latch onto anything. I guess. Yeah, something I mean, like that going on. I mean, it's just insane. Anyway, all right, that's the damn news. That's all people wanting to feel better about themselves on both sides. That's what it is, right? Yeah, that's what it is. That's what bothers me about it. It's people on both sides of everything are trying to assert where they are in relation to the thing they're either outraged about or they're trying to get in front of people to make a point so it's them. I mean, on both sides of it, it's people trying to make themselves feel better about themselves instead of doing what they ought to be doing. Get on with it. Go work on something. Do something. Yeah, I say does. Just don't, anytime somebody says, how could that person do this, just run the opposite direction. Yeah, don't worry about it. Because it does not matter at all. I loved it. The whole Colin Kaepernick thing, I loved it. I saw a meme today. It showed two guys sitting in front of a TV watching football saying 99%, 99.9% of all Americans during the football during the national anthem. Yeah. Just sitting on the couch right. eating chips. Yeah. <laughs> no, how often do you stand in your house when the Pledge of Allegiance is played? 
Zero. <laughs> it's just crazy. Yeah, who cares? That's right. All right. Well, well, thank you, Nathan Bowman, Sean Campbell, Ryan Beavers, Danielle Reed, Christopher Malinette, Adrian Anderson, Gabriel Cranston, James Pettit, Ian Joshua Riley, Tyler Paulson, Michael Hart, Kennan, Kofke, and Lauren Van Howie for being part of the BC Club. Hey, let me let me ask you listeners, uh, how many of you, you don't give to the BC Club because you just shop so much? You know what? I'm not going to call you a name. I'm not going to say that you're lazy or you spend too much money. I'm going to provide another opportunity of helping us, and that's by going to thebcclub.com, and we have a brand-new page that Matt and his team has been working on and you can join the club, but if you just are just shopping so much, you can actually click a button that says Shop Amazon. And from that point on, if you bookmark that, shop on Amazon till your heart's content. The more money you spend, we get a little kickback. So that's another way you can help us out. But hey, go, but do go look at that site. Check. I want everybody to see the yeah. bcclub.com because we worked on that a little bit because I, the team's been growing. Everything here's been growing. It's all functioning super well. And until I saw the site done, I didn't really have a grip on who was doing what, everything, even though I'm oh, pretty much directly. It says on there that I'm the director because I'm pr- kind of directing all those people in a way. But it's 17 people there on that site that, right. that do stuff here. And most of them are paid and a few are not, but most of them are paid part-time and some full-time. And that it's a big scheme there. It's not a, exactly a pyramid scheme, but you can make it like a pyramid where I'm the very, very top and Joey's the entire bottom. Do you know what I mean? Joey's the yeah, big, totally. wide, whole bottom, yeah. and I'm just the very tippy top of the pyramid. So that's our pyramid scheme. I at, always thought Joey was a bottom. Yeah, he's a bottom. And so, yeah, so, I'm a so check that out. Join sure. the BC Club. You will actually see where your money goes and to what they do and, and some of the stuff where it goes. So I'm glad to have that visual illustration of, of some of the stuff we do. So thank you guys there. And unless you got anything else, you know, it's uh, I uh, want to tell people to check out that Anatomy of Marriage podcast again. You go to anatomyofmarriage.com or find it on our site. Fundamentalistpastor.com. Mm-hmm. And then, Toby, I want to hear, let's just do the benediction. Yeah, this is Deuteronomy 23, 1 from the Holy Writ. He that is wounded in the stones or hath his privy member cut off shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, his name is love and so is mine. Amen. Go in peace. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com. Shh.